Amen. Good morning. Yeah, let's give the Lord another round of applause. Can we do that? Yeah. It is so good to see you guys. Like, you know, every time I kind of get out, I was out in the hallway uh, just a little while ago because I know where the stash of Cherry Coke is in our student uh, room over there and I needed a Cherry Coke. And so I just love just seeing, you know, you guys walk in the door and it's such a big deal. Like, it's such a big deal that you're here this morning. And let me just say that, man, if it's your first time or you're a guest or if it's your 10th time or your 1,000th time, thank you for being here. I believe in divine appointments. I don't believe that any of this is random. I don't believe that any of this is a coincidence. I believe the Lord uses the steps that we take towards him to take steps towards us. Draw near to God and he will what? Draw near to you. And so just thank you for being here this morning. I believe God's got something great in store for you. Before we get to that, we're going to talk this morning about, as you saw on the video, Connection is kind of our last part of our Rhythm series. Uh, I want to take a moment this morning and just go to the Lord in prayer. You know, we've got brothers and sisters all throughout the world who are hurting this morning, as you know. Uh, we have partnerships in Haiti. We, we began a partnership with Haiti about 12 years ago, and we've been sending teams there uh, really yearly until the pandemic, and, and we've developed some great relationship there, and it's just, you know, it's heartbreaking to see what our brothers and sisters are going through there. And then you go to Afghanistan. You know, we've got connections there where I know there's moms and dads who have sons and daughters who are serving there. We've got connections to missionaries who are there this past week in our staff meeting. You know, a young lady who was hiding outside of the airport asking for us to pray for her. And I know it's all over, I understand that. But this morning, I would just like to just take a moment for us as a body of believers to just go to the Lord in prayer. Can we do that? Join with me if you would, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, corporately as a body of believers, calling upon you, Lord, the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. You are sovereign over this universe. We believe that. There's no panic button in heaven. We believe that. Lord, we believe that you are sitting upon your throne in the chaos of the world, in the chaos of our lives. You're sitting upon your throne. However, Lord, we know that there are many who are hurting this morning. And so, Lord, we ask, Lord, for your presence upon them. Lord, may you encourage them. May you give them strength that is beyond themselves. Lord, the peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, knowing that you work in all things. We believe that. And so, Lord, we ask you, Lord, even in these things, that your glory would be made known, that you would draw people towards you, and that, Lord, some would even come to know you through this, we pray. Lord, as a church, we pray that you would lead us and guide us as we come beside our brothers and sisters, and Lord, as we try to encourage them and support them, may you give us wisdom, Lord, and discernment in how to best do that. Lord, this morning, we just intercede for those who are hurting, and Lord, we know right now, all across this world, not just Haiti, not just Afghanistan, Lord, all across this world, there are many, because of their faith, who are suffering. Many, because of where they are in their situation, they are suffering. So Lord, may you draw them to you during this time. We pray and we ask in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Awesome. Let me ask you, before we begin, how many of you came Friday night? Raise your hand. How many of you came? Wasn't it amazing? Can we give the Lord again a round of applause? I want to brag for a moment upon our team and they get they, they, they get real kind of nervous when I brag upon them because they don't want to you know they don't want to receive the praise and I get that and I love that 
Man, our team is amazing that God has brought together. Ms. Legay has done a tremendous job in coordinating our team. And Friday night was just really cool. I mean, it was a special night to gather together as a body. Again, we see the need for connection. We see the need for fellowship. And so we're going to continue to build that. But Friday night was amazing to just come and get... And there's something illegal in those donuts. I don't know what it is, but there's something that is not right in those donuts because I've tasted a lot of donuts in my life and none have ever tasted like that. Take your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Don't go to the table of contents. Go right to the middle of Psalms and take a right. Psalms, Proverbs, what? Ecclesiastes. All right, so we're going to be looking at just a couple of verses this morning as we come to the end of this series. So we've been in this series about eight weeks as we've been talking about rhythms, right? Rhythms, the rhythms of our lives, the spiritual disciplines of like, are there rhythms in our lives? Like understanding that if you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord, let me say thank you for being here. And I pray that if you're here this morning and you're kind of like, what is all of this? I'm trying to check this. I pray you hear of a God who loves you and a God who has provided a way for you to know him in Jesus Christ. For those who know the Lord, we know that this is a battle. You know, we recognize, and I think one of the tactics of the enemy is for us to not recognize the battle. But we understand that every day in the life of the believer, go to Ephesians 6, right? We wrestle not against one another, but against principalities, right? We wrestle against spiritual wickedness, darkness, Satan. We're in a battle. And the Bible says what? That he has an objective. Just as I stand before you and say we have a God who loves us and who can provide grace and mercy. Yes, that is true. We have an enemy who hates us. Can I get an amen? And the Bible says he wants to still kill and destroy. You, your life, your marriage, your relationship with your children, your testimony, this church, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And First Peter describes him as a roaring lion, and we're going to look at that in just a little while. And I love nature shows. I'm a big fan. I don't want to be in that kind of nature, but I love being in my living room watching those nature shows. Big Cat Diaries was a show I used to, it was, it was on my, my recording. I don't know if they even do it anymore, but I love those shows. But if you watch those lions and the way that they attack their enemies, they're patient. They'll kind of hide in the cut and they're waiting they're waiting for that, that, that enemy to kind of be separated from the herd, to be alone, vulnerable by themselves. And then as Peter describes, at the right moment, that lion attacks. And I look at that and I think of my own life, right? To understand that, man, I stand on this stage on Sunday mornings. Well, guess what? Sunday afternoons at, at 12, 15, my battle is raging, Monday mornings, my battle is raging. I'm in this with you. And we understand that there is a battle for our lives. And as you look at the scripture, right, we have to say, is this our authority? If we believe that the Bible is true, what you find in there is that there's strength in numbers. What you find in there is that when it comes to our Christian life, there's no Lone Ranger Christianity. There's not. Because I believe isolation, hear me, is one of the great tools of the enemy. If you're here this morning and you're not connected somewhere, right, this is what we're talking about as we come to the end of this series. Next week is our group link. And so I encourage you to come next week. It's going to be a little bit different. It will be the same, you know, same setting in the time frame, but we're going to let you out early so that you can go to the gym and just, again, pray for connection. 
And again, my encouragement always when we come to the new members class, when we talk about find a group that you get connected to, like if that first group is too weird for you, find another group. Like it's okay. We're all weird. Can I get an amen? We got to find the right weird and that's okay. It may not be the right weird for you. We're all weird. We got to figure out where's our setting. And so what I say is this, don't get discouraged if the first group you go to and go, no, that's not for me. Maybe it's the next one. But keep taking those steps. And this is what we pray even for next week. That if God's led you here, he's led you too. And that's the first question you have to ask. Is this the place that God's led me to? And if this, only you can know that in the Holy Spirit, that this is the church that God has led me to, to join in, to be a part of. But if he's led you here, he's led you too. What do I mean that? He's led you to others. There's others, and I see this, right? As a pastor, I see this so many times, kind of as a 50,000 foot, where I see new members come in and they share their story, they share their testimony, and immediately I'm thinking of someone else. I'm like, okay, Lord, you brought them in for them. And that happens all throughout the body. But again, it requires hard steps. It's a hard step for me. I stand on this stage every Sunday. But it is hard for me to walk into a group and be vulnerable. It is hard for me to walk into a group and be honest and open and say, hey, let me lock arms with you. But I'll tell you. God honors these steps of outside our comfort zone. So this morning, let's go to Ecclesiastes, if you would. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. You see the metaphors in scripture, right, of, of a body. You see the metaphors in scripture of us as a family. One of the great metaphors that I really love, and I'm gonna read this this morning, is 1 Peter 2. I'm gonna go there first. You can go to Ecclesiastes. 1 Peter 2 is gonna be on the screen in just a minute. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, I love you guys upstairs, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Look at verse three. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, let me hear you say amen. Amen? My goodness, the graciousness of God. Look at verse four. Coming to him, I love this. It describes us as a building and each one of us a stone. Jesus, the cornerstone. Coming to him as a living stone. Rejected indeed, my men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, right? Putting bricks upon our lives as the attack is coming. We've got to lay the bricks around us, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and stand with me with the book of Ecclesiastes. We believe that Solomon wrote these words, but Solomon is an interesting story in the Bible. You want some fun reading? Go to 1 Kings. And read the story of Solomon. We know the story, right? He's David's son. He's, his name means peace, right? After David has his affair with Bathsheba, like the, the, the child that was conceived in that adulterous affair, God took. But then David repented, right? And, and gives him Solomon. And Solomon means peace. And Solomon's the one who built the temple. Solomon's the one who, who when God comes to him in 1 Kings chapter 3 in a dream and says, anything you want, I'll give to you. What does he ask for? Do you remember? Wisdom. He better, he had 700 wives. He better ask for wisdom. He better ask, I got one. He better ask for wisdom. 700 wives. Okay, let's just go. Man, here we go, verse nine. Listen to these words as he's reflecting upon his life. You go to, you go to Ecclesiastes and it's kind of a sad thing. Here's this man who had been given wisdom and but through his wisdom, he gained power. He gained wealth more than anyone who had ever lived. 
He began to develop these relationships with women of all nations, 700 wives, 300 concubines. And rather than walking towards the Lord, it was those things that led him away from the Lord. And he's looking back upon his life, really kind of regretting. And he's looking at the world, trying to question, okay, good people suffer, bad people are blessed, but yet God, and he's trying to reconcile how God is over at all the same things that we do. And then you come to verse nine, and I want you to look at what he says as he's reflecting upon loneliness, as he's reflecting upon kind of being isolated, he says these words in verse nine, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Listen to verse 12. That one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him in a threefold cord. Notice that. He's been talking about two this whole time. Then you come to the end of verse 12, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Join with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you've given us authority, you've given us truth, Lord, to, to base our lives upon, Lord. You've given us a roadmap, a blueprint, Lord. We thank you for the honesty of your word. That in these stories, we see the good, the bad, the ugly. We see those who are faithful, we see those who are unfaithful, and we see the results of them all. So, Lord, may we allow your word to penetrate our hearts, to see the truth of even our own individual lives, to recognize the battle that is in front of us. And Lord, I know there are many in this room that no one may even know except you and them the battle that is raging. We have an enemy that lies to us. And so, Lord, may the, may the spirit of truth that lives inside of us speak to us. May that be the loudest voice in our lives. We pray it, we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. As one pastor said, no more stinking thinking. No more stinking thinking, right? We, we need truth, right? We, tr lies are in front of us every single day. We need truth. So we're gonna look at this passage this morning as we come to this series conclusion. In two weeks, I'm gonna begin a new series. I'm excited about the new series as we go into the fall. We're gonna jump into the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we're gonna work chapter by chapter, verse by verse through the book of 1 Thessalonians beginning in two weeks. But this morning, I want you to hear how the Bible speaks of community. It's something that I know for us as pastors and leaders, it's something we're talking about. It's something the Lord has laid upon our hearts because I've seen it. Like I've seen it. I've been here 13 years and I, I'll see people come in the door and God will do a great work in their life and they're growing and they're walking, but they're not connected anywhere. And I would say this, right? It's only a matter of time, man. Like that, that, that roaring lion is looking for the prey that is separate. And it's only a matter of time, right? That a tragedy comes into your life. That a struggle comes into your life. That a past sin creeps back into your life. And you feel isolated. And let me just tell you, I, in my own personal life, that's the place that the enemy beats me up the most. That if he can get me alone in that corner, He's resilient. Resilient? Res How do you say it? Yeah, that. He's not stopping. <laughs> I want you to look at the four metaphors that he uses here. I will never try to say that word ever again. Verse nine. Very practical stuff here, right? He says, what, two are better than one? Why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. We understand this, right? Two are better than one. Have you ever tried to move before? 
I used to tell my buddies, like, let me know when you're going to move. They're like, man, that's great. I'm like, no, so I can schedule to be out of town because I don't want to be there. You know who your true friends are if you move. That's for sure. You're going to know who your true friends are who come and pick up a dresser or a treadmill, which is a tool of the enemy to get down the stairs, a treadmill. (laughs) Two are better than one. This is a practical thing that we understand. We understand that as a church. You know, part of our denomination is the cooperate program. What does that mean? It means that, yeah, we're our own church, but man, we're joined together with other like-minded believers because we recognize we can do more together. Like we can do more together than by ourselves. It was through that that I was able to go to seminary. It was through that that I was able to, to have no debt coming out of seminary. It was because of churches who said, yeah, we want to join together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And even in our own bodies, we recognize, right, that two are better than one. It reminds me of a story. Yeah, this didn't go well at eight, so <laughs> we're going to try it again. Dude was walking through the woods and he came upon a suitcase and he opened it up and there were three foxes in the suitcase. And so he called animal control and he was like, hey, I just found three foxes in this suitcase. And the animal control lady said, well, are they moving? He said, well, that would explain the suitcase. All right, let's look. Here we go. Here we go. You get it? You get it? Some of y'all are quicker. Some of y'all aren't. We're all in our own place working through this. All right, here we go. Philippians 2.1, listen to this. Therefore, if there are any consolation in Christ, any comfort or love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, look at this in verse 2, fulfill my joy by being what? Like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let me ask you this. Are you surrounded by like-minded people? I don't know the answer. You know the answer. Take inventory the last week. There are many of you who have no like-minded people around you at all. What I mean by that is they don't believe this. They don't believe Jesus. There are many of you who are at workplaces. There's not another believer around you. I mean, and you probably feel, and I've been in that place before where you feel like you're the only one and you feel the oppression of the enemy. Are we connected to like-minded people? Do you have those relationships in your life? Again, only you can answer that question. Do you have someone that you can call that you can say, hey, I'm struggling, pray for me. Do you have that? in your life. The danger of a church this size sometimes is you come in, you sit, but you never connect. You never build relationships. And like I said, life, it's only a matter of time. We're either in a storm, we're coming out of a storm, or we're getting ready to go into a storm. It's a matter of time. Do we have, do you have someone that you can call and say, man, my marriage is struggling. Just someone that will speak truth to you, not a worldly advice. We got that all over the place. Sometimes in our own homes who love us, but they're not speaking the truth of God's word. They're looking at us and saying, hey, you deserve better and you blah, blah, blah. And they're not filtering through the word of God. Do we have like-minded people? Two are better than one. Again, this is a very practical truth. Look at the next one in verse 10. Not only are we more productive together, we have help in time of need. Look at this. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him. Again, one of the things that just blew my mind, my first trip to Israel, I've gone twice, and it happens every time where scripture comes alive. Like, it's amazing. You, you know, you read scripture. I grew up hearing my dad preaching scripture. And then you go and you see things that just affirms it. Like you go and you see things that it's like, okay, this matches up. Like I, again, when Jesus said, even if y'all don't worship me, do you remember what he said? Even the rocks will cry. There are rocks everywhere. Like no wonder he was standing there using that as a reference. 
Like it's an amazing thing. And so I remember going up that hill to Jerusalem and they talked about the travel. You know the story of the Good Samaritan? where the dude is traveling alone and he got robbed. Like they were saying it's a very tre- treacherous journey to get to Jerusalem. There were ditches along the way. And so the metaphor that Solomon is using here is that as you're traveling again in life, if you're alone and you fall, who is there to pick you up? Who is there to notice that you've fallen? Who is there to notice that you are wounded? Like who is there to notice that you are bleeding and that you need help? Like, again, only you can answer that question this morning. I remember as a kid, I was eight years old and I had a motorcycle, which is irresponsible of my parents. I got my first motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. I got my first motorcycle when I was five. Like, I think about that now. It's such bad parenting. I got my first motorcycle when I was five, a little Suzuki 50, a little yellow motorcycle with my yellow bell helmet. And at eight, I got a Suzuki 75. Which that bad boy would go like 50 miles per hour. I'm 80 miles per hour riding on, I'm eight, not 80 miles per hour. I'm eight riding on this, on this motorcycle. My brother had a moped because he was scared of the motorcycle, which I think is so funny. Anyway, <laughs> I hope he sees this on live stream because it was funny. <laughs> and I remember I'd go out and ride by myself. So to this day, I have. So let me tell you the story. I, I was riding by myself and they knew that, okay, he's gonna be back by dinner because he don't miss dinner, right? And so I'm out riding my motorcycle. I fell, I had shorts on. Again, bad parenting, bad parenting. <laughs> had shorts on riding a motorcycle. When I fell, the carburetor fell on the inside of my leg right here. And I had not hit my growth spurt yet. My growth spurt went this way, but I was a little guy at that time. And I couldn't get a motorcycle off of me. And I'm laying there and that bad boy is burning my leg. And I'm not gonna give you pictures, but to this day I have lines that run right here from that carburetor. So six o'clock comes, he ain't nowhere to be found. There's trouble because mom's got good food on the table and he ain't here to eat. They sent out a search team, search team meaning my brother and my dad on his little moped trying to find me or something. <laughs> and there I was laying in the ditch, crying. I got real close to Jesus in that time period. I was eight years old. I got saved at seven. I was eight and I was like, this is the way I'm gonna go? For real, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall in a ditch in a motorcycle and meet Jesus? That's crazy. And they found me and the rule from there on out was what? Long Wear long pants, yes. <laughs> It should have been sell the motorcycle, but number one was, was wear long pants. Number two was you don't ride alone. You don't ride alone. I wonder how many of us are riding alone. I mean, let's just be real this morning because it's hard to take that step. It's uncomfortable. It is for me. But you got to answer this question, right? If God's called you here, it's not only for you, it's for someone else. Like if God's called you here, if, if, if that connection is not made, not only is it not for your spiritual growth and for your protection and for your comfort, you're there for someone else. And so there's two people missing out. There's multiple people missing out. And so he uses this metaphor of, okay, if we have someone there in our time of need, they're there to rescue us. All right, look at the next one. Look at verse 11. Again, if I lie, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Okay, so again, Psalm is thinking of this journey, right? The, the Jewish people make the, the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, you know, all throughout the year. And so, you know, this was a dangerous thing. You know, there's, there's protection in numbers, but this whole picture here is like at night, it get cold. I was, I was surprised by that in Israel. Like in certain times of, of the year, it gets real cold at night. And this picture is, again, if you're cold and you're by yourself, you don't have someone there to warm you. 
this illustration, this is weird as I'm preparing sermons, like different illustrations will pop into my mind and I have to sort through what's appropriate to share and what's not appropriate to share. One of my favorite story uh, shows back in the day was Man Versus Wild. Anybody remember that? Bear Grylls. Anybody know who I'm talking about? He, he loves Jesus and he's crazy, but Bear Grylls would get dropped in some place and he'd figure out how to make it through. And there's one episode, you can go back to YouTube, where he slept in a camel. Anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever seen that? It's awesome. Go back, not right now, but go back after the service. He got cold one night and there was a dead camel on the side of the road. And he cleaned it out and he slept in it. And he came out and he said, you know what, if I would have had another person to be there with me, I wouldn't have had to sleep in no dead camel. Don't sleep in a dead camel. Can I just say, if you leave this morning and say, what did Pastor Heath preach? He told me not to sleep in a dead camel. Listen, it's a picture of Christian community. It's a picture of not only, hey, I have fallen and I need help. It's a picture of comfort. There are times we need encouragement. Do you have like-minded people encouraging you through the week? Do you? I'm not just talking about your husband or your wife because they're your greatest blessing, they're your greatest challenge. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Yeah. In our marriages, I love my wife. She is the greatest blessing apart from my salvation, but hey, what, Jesus better be in the center of us. And I learned that early 16 years ago when I met her. Jesus better be in the center of this because we are two people that are independent. We are strong-willed. Jesus better be in the center of us. But do we have people in our lives that are encouraging us in Jesus? Or do we have people in our lives that are encouraging us in false things? Hey, what's best for you is this, and it don't line up with this. Man, we need that encouragement. Do we have it in our lives, outside of our families? This is what we pray for you in this body. We pray, you know, through this season as we move into the fall in rhythms, that this would become a rhythm of your life, that a, that a connection somewhere would become a rhythm of your life, however that may look. And it can look so different. But to have it in place, look at the last one. Not only are we more productive, not only is there help in need, not only is there comfort in life, there is safety and security. Look at verse 12. That one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. He's using the metaphor of fighting, which I love. Paul uses it all throughout his writings. Why? Because we are in a fight. We are in a battle. And the last thing the enemy wants you to know is that you're in that battle. But yet Jesus said it, right? I mean, in John 10, 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and I will go in and out and find pasture. What a beautiful picture there of relationship that he's calling us to. But then the very next verse, verse 10, the thief does not come except to what? Still kill and destroy. Now I go back to the passage of 1 Peter, man. This always sticks out to me because it really tells us what is required of us first. Look at this in verse six. Therefore, humble yourself. That's the, that's the first step in this. Humble yourself in the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, not filled with other substances. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because you're adversary. You gotta be in tune, you gotta lock in. Why? Because you have an adversary. The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Let me just say here, if there was a lion loose in this place, I don't wanna be the only one here. I need to find people I can outrun first. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I need people in the room to say, yo, that lion's over there. Lion's up top. Hey, the lion's in the back. 
If I'm in this room by myself and there's a lion walking around, I'm by myself and at any moment, he's patient. And when I'm vulnerable and weak and I'm separate from the herd, what does he do? He attacks. And you see it even in, you see it in nature. You see the tactics of the, of the lion in hunting his prey. Allow that visual to be something that we see in the spiritual. That we have a God who loves us, we have an enemy who hates you. He hates you because of Jesus, but he hates you. And although I believe according to the authority of the word of God, he cannot rob us of our salvation. Can I get an amen? Jesus says that. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No one can pluck you out of my hand. He can't take our soul, but he can destroy our lives. He can destroy our marriages. He can destroy our testimony, our church. He is a lion seeking to destroy. Do you have protection built in? That's what I'm asking. There's strength in numbers. Do you have protection built into your life? And then the last part, I just love this in verse 12, how amazing he even says this. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And look at this, a threefold cord. A threefold cord. Now again, it's this picture of, of you know, there's more strength in, in not just one rope, not just two, but three. But look at the metaphor here. I believe the metaphor is not only someone who comes together in a relationship, but the third part of that relationship is God upon them. You want to talk about protection? You want to talk about security and numbers to lock arms with other believers and to know that we have a God that goes before us, that threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let me just say, man, if he's called you here, he's called you too. And that's, again, I pray because I know my tendencies. If I was attending this church, my tendency would be to sit in a chair and that's it. I'm just telling you, I'm being honest. That's why it comes natural to me. That's why God called me into ministry because I'd probably miss church throughout the month. I just believe he's called me into ministry to be faithful. To I'm just kidding, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Come more than once a month, by the way. Anyway, let's keep going. A three-fold cord. It's not quickly broken. You go through and you study the New Testament and you see this one another, this one another, this one another, this one another. I mean, it is all throughout. There is no long range of Christianity. And I've heard people say that before. I, I can walk, I don't like the church. Organized religion. I don't like organized religion either. Organized religion killed Jesus. This is an organism. Like God is moving through this. This is alive. This is a body. Yes, there has to be organization within it. There's life in this. And I've heard people say, man, I'll, I'll follow Jesus, but I don't want to be a part of the church. That's fine, but you're going against the model of scripture. You don't find that in scripture. You find one another, one another, one another, that if he's called us here, he's called us too. We just got to find them. That first weird group may not be your group. Go find the second weird group and you can be weird with them. And God will confirm, hey, they're here for you. You've got someone. And when you fall in a ditch, you can call. You've got someone when your marriage has been attacked and you're wounded and the enemy is lying. You've got someone to speak truth to you. You've got someone to encourage you. You see it all throughout scripture. John 13, 34 says we are to love one another. Romans 15, 7 says we are to receive one another. Romans 15, 4 says we are to admonish one another. Galatians 5, 13, this is a part of it, that we are to serve one another. We gotta find the place to serve. You gotta find the gift that God has given you to serve in the body. Ephesians 4, 32, we are to be kind to one another. Hear that in the parking lot? We are to be kind to one another. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 21, we are to submit to one another. 
1 Thessalonians 4.18, we're to comfort one another. This is all speaking of the body. We're to edify one another. Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another to be called out when you need to be called out. James 5.16, we're to pray for one another. Do you have people praying for you that you know is lifting you up every day? Do you have that in your life? As you look at the model of scripture, we need it. I need it. And I'm going to tell you, the most attacked I feel is when I am isolated. My wife and I have had a struggle, and I'm over here and she's over there. Is there truth being spoken in our lives that leads us back to here? Because the enemy's not speaking that. The enemy's speaking the opposite. Do we have like-minded people that we can say is there for us? To comfort us when we're hurting? And to provide protection when the attack comes. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to hear this morning relationship. That's what I want you to hear. And I want you to hear first a God of relationship. I mean, let's just take the Trinity for a moment. Like the center of who God is is relationship. I mean, before the world was created, there's no beginning here. There was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in what? Relationship, And that's a mystery that I cannot stand on this stage and explain, and I'm glad for that. But relationship is at the heart of our God. I mean, think about it. What are we invited to? We're not invited to a religion. You're not invited to do good works because we boast in that. What are we invited to this morning? We're invited to a relationship. And let me just ask you this morning, do you have a relationship with God first and foremost? As I said at the beginning of this service, man, you're not here by mistake, however you got here. I remember sitting in those seats and the Lord stirring my heart and the enemy opposing it in the moment. That's happening right now. Can you say where you sit right now that you have a relationship with the God of this universe? You say, well, how do you know? You know in Jesus is how you know. Jesus says in John 14, 6, what I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except to me. It's not a religion. This is a relationship with Jesus who came and did what none of us could do. He lived his life perfectly. How you doing with that? He lived his life sinlessly. How you doing with that? And then what did he do? He went to a cross. Why? So that he can exhaust the judgment of a holy God. Think about that. Every sin that's ever been committed, we see it in the world today, Go look at our history books. Every sin that's been committed laid upon this one who had never sinned. Do you know that one is what I'm asking you this morning? Because you can. And he's inviting you into a relationship. Not because you deserve it, because none of us do. But because he's gracious and merciful, compassionate. He invites us to know him, to know that we are never alone, that in Christ his spirit indwells us and never leaves us. Do you have that promise this morning where you're sitting? If not, let me say the Bible says what? For by grace you are saved simply, here it is, through faith. Over these last couple of weeks I've met with children, seven, eight, and nine, who understand just the rocks of this salvation. Number one, I'm a sinner, I get that. That's not hard for many of us to come to that conclusion. Number two, I believe that there is a God who is perfect, who is holy, and here's the problem. 
If I'm this and he's that, how do I get to a place of forgiveness and salvation? It's a person, hear me, it's a person. It's Jesus Christ who came and lived and died and rose again. And where you sit this morning, you can simply cry out. In the silence of this moment, God, I believe in you. I recognize my sins. And by faith, I put my trust in a person, Jesus. And I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be the king of my life. I ask you, Lord, to fill me with your spirit. I pray that, Lord. And let me just say, man, if you do, share that. Because this is where the body of Christ, right? This is where we come together and we grow together and we cry together and we encourage one another so that no one is isolated, so that no one is separate, so that the enemy has no prey that he can pounce upon. Pray this morning that God would stir you in a way that only he can. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for truth. Lord, we desire this truth because, Lord, we know that even our own hearts are wicked. Even our hearts lie to us. And so, Lord, may truth prevail. Lord, with the power of your Holy Spirit that lives in us, Lord, may you lead us in truth. May you lead us to others. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who feels alone, who feels separated, prone to the enemy. Lord, I pray that you give them courage, courage to do what doesn't come natural, to humble themselves, to draw near to you and take a step of finding the ones that you lead us to. We need each other, but Lord, we thank you that you have promised to never leave us. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage hearts in this place, no matter the battle that has taken place, may you remind us each day that you have won. <laughs> We're not fighting for it. The victory is there. May we walk in it. Lead us and guide us, we pray in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said,